Bobby, the energy in this room, it's a different energy. It's a little... (laughs) It's a little strange. It's it's a it's a bit of a leap from uh, our our normal. To paint a picture for the for the audience, this is the first time we're recording in the same room together. And by room, I mean a what would you say a a, a three by six, not even cube. It's it's under a it's a little Harry Potter room. We're under the stairs. Yeah, we're just a little orphan boy under under the stairs. Don't get that reference. Don't read those books. But. <laughs> you you and me together. We the two of us. We uh we we super saiyan dance. We combo dance. I've never seen Dragon Ball. Um, in into one orphan. Hey, you know what? That's why we. That's why you and me. You've never seen Harry Potter. I've never seen Dragon Ball. Together, me we make one big orphan, ready to take on the world. You know that's fair. I think that I think yeah, you plus me equals Daniel Radcliffe. That's not, <laughs> that could be a math. That, that's not bad. I think between you and me, we're an entire Swiss Army man. I think I think we could do that. <laughs> All right, Bobby. I well, at what? last we meet. <laughs> enter enter the machinations of my mind, Bobby. Do you feel that? Do you feel the pristine chrome doorknob in your hand? Close your eyes, Bobby. Um, Bobby, I'm looking directly at you now. You can't pretend to close your eyes. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still getting acclimated here. I'm, I'm, I'm so used to just saying shit and being being able to just like, you know... Yeah, just say just, shit. Just just say shit and not do anything to back it up. Now now I have to actually be a person towards you. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on. All right, close your eyes. Do you feel the chrome doorknob in your hand? You look up. It's a stark. Wait, how am I looking up if I'm closing my eyes? No, you're closing your eyes, but you're in my mind palace. I've trapped you. In my mind palace, you're trapped. Is that you, what I smell? You, no, what you smell is two boys with the air conditioner off stuck in a little fucking Harry Potter closet. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> you're in my mind palace filled with all kinds of traps and puzzles. Are you man enough to solve my mind palace puzzles? Uh... I'm not used to the faces. Bobby, you make so many faces. I'm sorry. I'm ter- I'm a terrible <laughs> podcaster, people. I feel like I could have gotten away with it uh, uh, until now because... Nobody because was there to witness. Nobody was there to look at me. It was just me alone in my bedroom. Bobby, you can open your eyes at this point. The Mind Palace bit is over. You've... You were onto a different bit. I, I I didn't leave though. You didn't walk me out. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm trapped. Remember, you gotta get yeah. me out of here, Bobby. I'm so sorry. I need. I, all right, I'm coming in after you. Come on, please. There's something in here. That's me. That's me walking. That's uh. Oh. Um, that's me. No, Bobby. No, Bobby. 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 Oh fuck. No, wait. Oh shit, is that No way, is that Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Snoop Dogg, I didn't know you listened to our show, man. Alright, you put me in a What's room. up? I drank your wine. It was okay. Bobby, I want you to know <laughs> the situation you put me in is to either choose to say no or to do an impression of Snoop Dogg. Which I don't think either no, no, of us. No, no, no. That's not you. Snoop Dogg's here with me. Snoop, okay. Because I'm in the mind palace. Is Snoop Dogg in the room with us right now? No, he's in here. He's in here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. He uh, he's smoking a fat doobie, man. Fuck he's... yeah, he is, my man. <laughs> he's just, just like me, for real, for real. Yeah, for real, for real. He's there, and you know what? He's got a key. That for me, he look. He looks at you. He he, uh, he points his sunglasses down from his eyes, where you can see his beautiful bloodshot eyes. They they are beautiful. 
because they're his. He doesn't give you any information. Those eyes, it's like they're looking past him. But he still has that key. I take the doobie. <laughs> All right, roll, uh, roll, roll dexterity. <laughs> this is gonna be a, uh, this is gonna be a dexterity contest. Uh, uh, go ahead, roll. For dexterity, you have a plus two. That's a five. Plus two, that's a seven. Now Snoop Dogg rolled. Also a five. <laughs> Snoop Dogg has far less dexterity than you, uh, cause he's high as a fucking kite. You take the doobie. You take the the fat fucking doobie, dude. Fuck yeah, I can see it. I'm rotating it in my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, you take a puff. The smoke. It starts to rise up to the smoke alarm. Beep 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 beep. The smoke alarm's going off. All of the fire suppression systems, they start going off. Water starts pouring down, and the whole chamber, this glass chamber, begins to fill up with water. Nice. <laughs> it begins filling up with water, and you feel you and Snoop Dogg floating to the very top. At the very top, what's that? You're about, I'd say, nine feet high at this point. But what's that at the ceiling? It's a keyhole. Oh, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, quick! Give me your hand! He gives you his hand. I squeeze it. Mm -hmm. And then I take the key from his other hand. Alright, you're gonna roll another dexterity uh, contest. Alright. Alright. That's an 18, Bob. That's very good. Fuck yeah. Snoop Dogg rolled a 3. Uh, not a very dexterous man. You take the key from him. He looks hurt. Trust me, Snoop Dogg. This is for the best. In another life, <laughs> I really would have liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. <laughs> with that, I say goodbye and I put the key into its hole. Yeah, you solved my puzzle, I guess. That's Yeah. Boom, bitch, I'm back. <laughs> Yo, your eyes, they're a different color. No! We have to go back! Oh! What? What did I bring with me? Oh, fuck. Hi, I'm Hunter J. Allen. And I'm Bobby McCarthy. That was good Mike etiquette, Bobby. That was very good. And welcome to Two Itchy Boys, a little show about little games where we share with you the hidden gems and secret treasures hidden deep within the Itch.io game site. That's right. It's a special episode today for you folks because we are, for the first time, in the same room. <laughs> and it's... Welcome fucking, to the Puzzle Dome. It's fucking terrifying. It's uh, it's very hot uh, in multiple meanings, and it's uh, very stimulating intellectually, because this week we bring to you puzzles. That's right. Honestly, what a better... Th this is the best possible <laughs> category to choose to ha to stuff ourselves into like a little... It's like we're we're in a, we're, we're in an escape room yeah, right we're now. In, we're in a little escape room, except in this one there is no time limit. Uh, I believe that, and there is no way out. <laughs> Bobby, please, no. Wait, a key? Are these numbers? Snoop Dogg, <laughs> you brought Snoop Dogg back from my mind palace. That's where he's been this whole time. Sorry, you know. I'm just a little. I'm. I'm just a little silly head. <laughs> that's what Snoop Dogg sounds like. Bobby. That's what Snoop Dogg sounds like, man. Bobby, that's a really good Snoop Dogg impression. Sally, hello. I'm Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Hello, everybody. Snoop Dogg. I'm Snoop Dogg here on the show with my two best friends, Hunter J. Allen and Bobby. I like hot dogs <laughs> and marijuana. <laughs> Bobby, it is vastly unfair that you are this funny on this podcast. 
I, I can't do anything about it. But anyway, yeah, this uh, this episode is going to be a real puzzle. Uh, the eagle-eared of you will notice the small hints we have laid about the podcast and can piece together the secret message we have hidden for you. That's right. Uncover all the clues and email us and we'll give you a spanking. <laughs> is it essential spanking or is it like we're going to track them down? No, this is a punishment. <laughs> this is a spanking on our terms. You're going to you listen. You don't want to you don't want to find the message in this. You're going to uncover things that are best left buried. Uh but fuck, you do you, I guess. I feel like we have we have jawed quite enough. Uh they say brevity is the spice of life. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> that was really quick. That was good. Bobby <laughs> Bobby, we can't do this together anymore. We can't. We'll acclim- we'll acclimate to it. Brevity. <laughs> they say, damn it, Bobby, you're looking at me, look it up. They- <laughs> I can't look witty anymore, okay, you're going to know. I'll- I want to close my eyes, but I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so what is brevity, anyways? Bre- <laughs> they say brevity is the soul of wit, and buddy, have we got soul and wit to spare. You did the last one first. Uh, so this week, it's up to me to forge ahead into this new uncharted era of puzzles. I feel like most of the time when we're looking for games, it's a bit of a slog trying to find the one good one. I felt the opposite in this case. I felt that there were quite a few really good puzzle games. I don't know. The... Uh... <laughs> First off, my general experience with puzzle games, I'm what you might call a bit of a dumbass. That's fair. Um, I play a puzzle game. It takes me a while to finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in a lot of cases, my options with puzzle games are either take an extremely painfully long time completing it, uh looking up a walkthrough or saying fuck it and going to do something else. So that was my primary <laughs> obstacle going into this. I I think that's a really fair criticism to make. I think puzzle games they have a unique position in which their main mechanic is reaching into different corners of your brain and hoping you have the facilities to meet it halfway. And sometimes some of these puzzles are just just straight up reach into a discipline I know nothing about. That's fair. There, there is a there's almost like a, a tipping point in puzzle games where a good puzzle game becomes the most infuriating thing on the on the planet. Um, I love the uh, the the old uh, point and click Sam and Max game. Uh, Sam and Max, I think it's Sam and Max hit the road or Sam and Max. Uh, Road trip. Uh, it's the one where they, you know, they bebop all around the U.S. Uh, they meet Bigfoot. They meet. I think it is hit the road. Yeah. I think it is hit the road. Um, there is. I love that game. I think that game's hysterical, uh, and it's so entertaining and so well made. There is one puzzle piece in that game where you go to like the world's uh, spoiler alert for you know a fucking '90s point and click adventure game that you. Should definitely go play because it's fantastic. Um, there's a puzzle piece that you have to figure out by you pick up at some point the severed hand of Jesse James, and you have to combine that with a uh, uh, st- uh, stretching accordion golf ball grabber, and you have to use that. And put it into the world's largest ball of twine to get something out of there without ever being prompted that there is anything in the world's largest ball of twine. And listen, I fucking love that game. That that puzzle that puzzle's a load of horseshit, and it 
look, if I had grown up in the 90s, I would have no fucking recourse. I would have put that game down. Uh, I Instead, I looked up a walkthrough of that one part, and I felt very crestfallen that that was the solution, and I was not able to complete the game on its terms. I had to... And man, every point-and-click game's got one of those, right? I think most do, but I, I don't know. It, it really is a, a weird tipping point where I think if one or two moments like that break the game, I feel like that is a bad puzzle game. If it's something you can overlook, I feel like that's a good puzzle game. But that I don't know. That's I don't know. Puzzle games are fucking tough. Because, uh, like I said, their core mechanic is testing you differently each time. Whereas most games, their core mechanics are about reinforcement, uh, reiteration, reestablishing what you already know, um, just in uh, slightly different variations. That was a that was a big way to get into the fact that uh, I played a very cute, small, little game uh, about an old lady who dies, and she has to poltergeist her way around her apartment to let her cats out so she, so they don't die. Oh, it's very cute. I played a game called Six Cats Under. Uh, it is a cute little game by Team Bean Loop. It's a great fucking name. It came out in 2020. It is free in your browser, and it's just a sweet, small little game. I feel like lately we've been bringing. Some real um, expansive concepts as of late, and I wanted to get back to basics, bring something real bite-sized. That's right. Get right back to the roots of Itchy Boys. Yeah, get get back to basics of Itchy Boys basics. Go ahead and toss that phone right out the window. You don't need it where we're going. Uh, get your podcasts the way your granddaddy got his podcasts. On daddy's phonograph. Dad. Gadzooks. <laughs> Gadzooks, this Mark Marin's a riot. Anyway, um, Six Cats Under is a pretty short game. Um, I'd say depending on how quickly you're able to figure it out and if you uh, if you go through, you know, everything looking through um, all of the little flavor text that's around, um, it could take you anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. It's a short experience, but it's it's really cute. It's really sweet. It reminds me a lot of a game that I talked about very, very briefly in when we did the required reading. Um, Goodbye Doggy by Picogram, uh, where that, that one is a short game about a dog who dies and in his death um, still manages to affect the happiness of uh, his family. This is which I feel like really splits down the middle the ideologies of dog owners and cat owners. Um, a game made uh, a game made by a dog lover is about a dog coming back from the dead to uh, make you happy. A game made by a cat lover is about how you have to make sure your you're, cats don't fucking die. How you're still beholden to your cat beyond <laughs> the grave. That's this a, isn't a contract you can get out of that easily. That's a great way to put it. But yeah, it's this very short uh, Ghost Trick style game. Did you ever play Ghost Trick? No. Do you know what Ghost Trick is? No. Okay. You're speaking Klingon to me right now. Ghost Trick was this, uh, the art style looked very Capcom-esque. Um, I think I mentioned it last week when I was talking about Dead Horizon, uh, the art style wise. Um, this game is a very short cat-centric version of Ghost Trick, which is a game where you... It was this really fun game on the DS where you died uh, and a detective came to investigate your murder, uh, but the people who murdered you were mobsters and they're trying to kill the detective and you have to keep the detective alive long enough to solve your murder. How do I not know about this? What the fuck? <laughs> it was one... The way it used the touch screen on the DS was fantastic, but this isn't... We're not talking about Ghost Trick here. Um, hey, you know, your 3DS is really easy to mod. <laughs> Yeah, I do know. You, I did it. Yeah, you did. Anyway, man, we've done a lot of talking without me talking about this game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Play you play as a poltergeist of an old lady recently crushed under the weight of a toppling bookshelf filled to the oh, brim God. with books. The, the game opens before you see any graphics. Fucking flat Stanley over here. <laughs> it's kind of grim. Uh, before you even see any graphics, you just hear an old lady go, Oh! And just the sound of a mountain of books falling on her. And the screen opens, and it's your 
old lady body in a corner underneath a broken bookshelf with an avalanche of books over you. And then your little ghost floats up from it. And she's just like, oh, drat. Oh, who's going to take care of my cats? No one will know I'm... I've got to do something, but she she can affect things only lightly. She doesn't have the strength to open doors, but she can, like, turn on electronics. Uh, you move, like, a towel or some toilet paper, you know, some, some flowy things. Um, and you have 11 cats uh, that you are responsible for. And in this apartment, these 11 cats are the keys to you opening that door and letting the cats out. It's really cute how they do it. Uh, when you click on a cat, a little flavor text pops up, and you get their name. Um, and it tells you a little about them that explains how they will function as either an obstacle or a way to further the puzzles. Um, essentially, there's one cat uh, where when you click on it, she I believe it's Frederick. Um, <laughs> isn't it cute? Babies. You click on Frederick, and uh, the old lady says something to the degree of, uh, oh, Frederick, he's the most curious one. He's probably going to be the easiest to influence. And so Frederick is the one that you are kind of guiding through this apartment while all of the other cats function either as obstacles or ways to clear other obstacles. Um, There's one cat that's sitting on a sofa, and you click on it, and the old lady says, oh, he was... uh, uh, a very grumpy cat, but he always loved uh, watching cooking shows with me. And you have oh. to, you have to use another cat whose proclivity is catnip to tear through something to get access to the remote to change the channel to the cooking show, so that the grumpy cat won't stop Frederick from getting to the other side of the apartment. Oh. Yeah, it's it, there's some clever stuff at play. Some, so, so this whole thing is it like a single order of operations? Then, um, I would say yes. There, like, there is a single way. It doesn't tell you at first, but essentially, your goal towards the end is get Frederick to the end because Frederick will be the one that is most of the Rube Goldberg machine. But along the way, Frederick can't pass until you start a smaller Rube Goldberg machine that takes care of another cat. Like, uh, similarly uh, uh, to the uh, the catnip thing, there's one where you have to... There's a fan that you can turn, and in one direction it does something with the catnip. In one direction it does something with fish food. Um, you can turn on some water that can either advance Frederick to the end, or it can hinder Frederick, and you have to start the process over. Um, you kind of have to like go backwards to go forwards in a few instances. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's a it's like a cute little. It's the it's one big cute little puzzle the way a puzzle should be. It's a small simple thing executed very well. Um, and all the sound effects and all the cat noises are just very obviously. A guy at his microphone just going, meow, oh, meow, meow, and it's very charming. It's very cute. This sounds adorable. It's really cute. Um, all the cats have names. Would you like to hear the cats' names? Fuck yeah, I would. All right, so we got Frederick. He's your main guy. You got Ponyo and Clancy, who are sleeping in a hammock together. Aww. You got Mr. Spock. Um, he's a little cutie. Uh, you got Baroness. Uh, she's a... She's a little hoity-toity. Um, pumpkin, Pickle, <laughs> Joffrey, Sniffles, Rufus, and Deborah. Oh, fuck Deborah. Deborah. Some good Fucking cats. Fucking Deborah. Fucking Deborah. They're good cats. They're all good cats. Um, yeah, and that's that's really all I have to say about Six Cats Under. It's just a sweet, cute little game. It's Got good old school like flash game vibes. It's got some like cool math vibes. Um, I really liked it. It was really cute, and uh, I really like little bite sized puzzle games. Those are the best, honestly. Yeah, it was kind of like um, it was fun. It was cute. It was nice. I enjoyed my time while I was there, and I would check it out if you have some free time. And that's that's my game, uh, Bobby. I'm very curious to hear what puzzle game you're bringing to the table. Yeah, we actually have a table. It's interesting you talk about ghosts. Yes. Because 
I'm bringing a ghost to the table. Oh boy. Not in a, not in a literal sense, but I feel as though this developer has kind of been haunting us. At, <laughs> oh no. At at just at at the periphery uh every now and then of the 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 games we've tried to to bring or I've tried to bring to the table anyway. Mm-hmm. There has been one developer who's just been coming up. Please, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat, Bobby. So they are the developers of the Rusty Lake and okay, yeah. Q- and Cube Escape series. Okay, yeah. Uh, just called Rusty Lake or Cube Escape. Uh, Depending on where you're looking, but one of those things is is this developer's name. I'm gonna call them Rusty Lake because mm. that's what their website says currently. Okay. But yeah, they've been they've just been popping up a lot for me. The games that they make have been like backup games for us in many episodes. Yeah. No. Uh. I. I mean, like, you know, it, it, for example, like point and click. I, I nearly brought the White Door, which is one of their earlier yes. games, from my, from my understanding, um, and a, a number of other things. So this week, I'm saying fuck it, and I'm bringing you Rusty Lake Hotel. We're finally doing Rusty Lake Hotel. Okay. We're finally doing Rusty Lake Hotel. I was debating about it because I looked on YouTube to yeah. make sure to to see if anybody was talking about this. <laughs> Matt Pat did a live stream. Oh. Matt Pat Game Theory did a live stream oh. of the Rusty Lake games. Oh man. Okay. But I didn't find anything else I liked enough to talk about. All right, perfect. Yeah, no, let, then let's hear about Matt Pat's favorite game, Rusty Lake Hotel. Matt, Matt Pat's favorite video game, Rusty Lake Hotel. By Rusty Lake. It's currently $1.99 on itch.io. And uh that's a good deal. It's a good deal. All listen, every one of these games is like three each one of these is like three bucks maximum. Um in the Rusty Lake collection. In in the Rusty Lake and Cube Escape collection. Okay. So you can you can buy their whole catalog for I would say like the the price of like a decently sized indie game. Um you you can buy their full catalog for pretty cheap. That's what I did. Uh, I haven't played through all of it yet, but that's a good deal. That's a good deal. These people. Um, so, Bobby, what what is it about Rusty Lake Hotel that hooked you in a way that no others did? So, uh, a, a number of things. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't be ta- sitting here talking to you folks about it if it was just any one thing. Um, but what hooked me initially is it, I don't know. It's got and this is a thing that's true for all of uh, Rusty Lake's games. They've got a really cute homemade kind of feel to them. Real low quality sound effects. <laughs> um, and I mean this, I mean all of this in the most loving way possible. These feel like games that you could be playing in your browser, but you're not. And. It's really cozy in a way that I feel like only people who grew up in, like, our generation would get. Can you... Again, kind of cool math games. Okay, yeah. Okay, I dig that. Very... I Yeah. Because their, their whole aesthetic feels very... I mean... It's, it's hard to compare because I they, they don't feel juvenile enough for Newgrounds, but they have that kind of stink on them. They 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 feel like I mean a lot of these feel like old school like flash animations. Yes. And they have they have that look about them like th- this art was made in Adobe Flash or something. Like it's high end Adobe Flash animation. And I do I do mean like high end. It's it's quality work. It's just work for a platform that's dead. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So um give me the pitch. What is what is this game about? So Rusty Lake Hotel, you are an employee at the Rusty Lake Hotel, uh, owned and operated by the mysterious Mr. Owl, and 
Bobby, Bobby, I have a very important. Is he an owl? Yeah, he's an owl. Okay, all right. Thank you. That's that's all I wanted to know. Thank you. He, yeah, he he is a real owl. And he's not one of those fake owls you've heard all about. No, he's not one of those poser owls. He's a real motherfucker. <laughs> you don't want to mess. You don't want to mess with Mr. Owl. Let me tell you. Whoa. Um, you are in charge of hospitality for the the myriad guests who are staying over the next couple of nights at the Rusty Lake Hotel. I want to say it's six. I didn't write this down. Uh, but but it's it's in that ballpark, and it's your job to give them a hotel stay that is to die for. Um, Wink. W- uh, Wink. Um, so the structure of the game revolves around these dinners that take place every night. And every night, there is a dish that's served to everyone. And, you know, this is a hotel that's hosted by a literal, like, anthropomorphic animal. The, these, are all, these are all animal forest creatures mm-hmm. who are attending this yeah. hotel. Fro- frog and toad rolls. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got some real wind in the willows shit here. Okay. And you have a cookbook full of recipes. No, no. For, for rabbit oh, and boy. deer and roasted pheasant. <sighs> Yeah, okay. Recipes that just happen to match up with all, all all the patrons of this here hotel. And so it's your job to collect the ingredients, which means <laughs> visiting each of the residents in the Rusty Lake Hotel and solving a bunch of fun little escape room puzzles to get get the uh, customer whatever they need, mm-hmm. and then at the end of it, just kill them while their back is turned. <laughs> it's extremely needlessly convoluted, and I fucking love it. It is top-tier point-and-click <laughs> adventure game bullshit. And it is just... Endlessly fun and really stylistically uh, distinct from start to finish. Like you've got this one, the one that I think has stuck with me most uh, significantly has been Mrs. Pheasant, who's a model. And so you have to take a bunch of photographs of her in different costumes. And I guess spoilers... Uh, I don't think this is a game where you need to worry too much about that, but you you take a bunch of photos of her in, in these different costumes, kind of representing the some of the other characters in the game, and you, you take the final one, she just kind of takes a pistol and blows her brains out right as the camera goes off. Jesus fucking Christ, Bobby! It's brutal and weird. I don't know. I learned recently that these people were heavily inspired by like Lynch and Twin Peaks. And there there are a lot of nods to things to that, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, to there there are a lot of things that make that really apparent. Like there's this m- like a guy comes in and says, "Boy, I love a coffee." Not can't, really. Can't get enough of this coffee. Not mm, I'm rock hard. For this coffee. That's right. Fanboys Coop. It's the newest sensation. That's right. Fanboys Coop. (laughs) They're the newest sensation that's sweeping Twitter. (laughs) I'm sorry, Cooper, but it looks like you're going to have to put on some cat ears. Yeah. God, exactly like that, though. Yeah, that, yeah. (laughs) Complete with cat boys. Where where were we? You you do have a cat boy bellboy. I, that's really cute. Um, he is very mean. Does he? And he turns into a bat at one point. Uh, so this sounds similar. Did you ever play a Flash game? Um, it was on all the sites. It was on, you know, Newgrounds, Mini Clips, what have you. Addicting games. Um, it was a game by Congregate. Uh, it was a series of games called Reincarnation, where you played as a little devil... Um, and you were you were sent to Earth 
because someone was going to die soon and you had to make sure that you could prove they belonged in hell and then kill them and made it look like an accident? I can't say that I played it, but it is exactly along those lines. All right, like cool. Se- setting up Rube, Rube Goldberg machines to kill someone seemingly by accident is the whole crux of this game. Yes, that yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, this sounds like a like an art house version of reincarnation. It. Yeah, I, and which I which I fucking love those games. Uh, this this sounds like some good shit. No, and it's. It, it's got all all sorts of just fun stylistic flares like this rec- there's this recurring motif of a hand coming out of places where a human hand should not be coming out of um and there there's just like this this whimsy to the whole thing too like one of the little side tangents you have to go on in order to solve one of these little series of puzzles to get this dude killed is you have to make mr boar a sandwich and the 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 thing you have to do to make mr boar a sandwich is you have to get some lettuce and some bread mm-hmm. and then you have to fish through the toilet to put some boar shit on it and you have to feed him a shit sandwich <laughs> there's no indicator that that's it, it's kind of along the same lines of the your classic point and click adventure game bullshit but like done 100% in a self-aware fashion as a bit. <laughs> you need him because he, he goes to shit after <laughs> eating the sandwich. No. And you need you need him to be on the toilet uh, in order to, like, continue the, the puzzle. So hold on, no, let me guess. Let me guess. If you miss your window, you have to make him another sandwich. You have to make with him... The, a- with the shit that... You have to make him another shit sandwich, and it's just this. It's self- made per- out of the uh, the very. Sh- it's made out of the exact same shit every time. <laughs> There's like a three layered metaphor somewhere in there. Gee, this sounds like a lot of fun, Bobby. It's a lot of fun. I just started uh, Rusty Lake Roots, which is like their prequel, because, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. This, These games, I should say, because it's not just this one. This is just the only one I've played all the way through. These games have lore, man. Oh, boy. They have so much lore. There is an interconnected universe between every game this developer has published. My roommate is the one who introduced me to Rusty Lake. From the way they put it, not all of it is... Makes sense. So, yeah, it is Lynchian. It is extremely <laughs> Lynchian in every sense of the word. I I really hope, and I, I do plan to play all of these games, so I can't, I don't want to say for now, but I really hope that this is a, a, a deliberate Lynch thing. Yeah. That's fantastic. I really Thank wanna, you. I really want to play this fucking game now. I want to feed Mr. Boar a shit sandwich. You want to feed Mr. Boar so many shit sandwiches. <laughs> the, the other thing that's funny about Mr. Boar, so... <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell me what's funny about Mr. Boar. So, you have this book of recipes, right? Mm-hmm. You have the, this formula where you spend time in the lobby talking to the guests. You explore the lobby in a little kind of point-and-click mini segment and then you go up to one of the you go up to one of the guests rooms and you can't leave until that that guest is dead um now you have these different recipes in your cookbook and the recipes call for three ingredients one of them being the guest that you're intending to kill one of the ingredients that coincides with that guest is in their room and throughout the sequence of nights that you're playing this game over the course of like an in-game week, there are other ingredients that'll appear in the lobby uh, every night that you have to solve a little mini puzzle for. And so there's an implicit order that you're supposed to be doing these that the game doesn't tell you. Okay. Because in order to get all three ingredients, you have to get the right ingredient on the right night and on that night mm. go into 
the the room of the one guest who corresponds to that ingredient that you find in the lobby. I didn't pick up on this the first time, and I I fucked up. Not in a way that didn't let me continue, because, I mean, it, this really isn't crucial to progression, but in order to get, like, the full three stars on every meal, you know, in, if you want 100%, which I fucking did, <laughs> uh, you have to do this in the exact right order. So, all of this is to say... Mr. Boar is the last person you're supposed to kill. The last night. I did him first. Okay. Or, I mean, yeah. You, you, look, you're given an opportunity to feed somebody a shit sandwich. I'm not going to turn that shit down. That, <laughs> that shit's funny. <laughs> that ain't dessert right there. That's an appy. Mm-hmm. God, I really... This sounds... This sounds like a lot of fun, Bobby. It's a heap load of fun. A hoot hoot and a half, I'd say. A real hoot and a half, you'd say. That's the other thing. I don't don't know who the voice actor for Mr. Owl is. He's got a real fun, like, southern, not quite a southern drawl, because he he doesn't really talk with an accent, but it sounds... Is it that kind of like that, like, old-timey New England accent that just sounds like... Very just old American. Yes. Okay. Just a, a low drawn out kind of kind of yeah yeah drawn out vowels and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's very charming, uh, just across the board. And I, I I had a great time, and I've had a great time with uh, everything else I've played so far. Hell yeah! We love a good time, Bobby. Hell yeah, we love a good time. We love a good time. We like having fun here. And you, listen, <laughs> video games. Say it. Despite popular belief, video games can be pretty fun. Video games. I'd look. I'd. I'd do them. I'd I, do a video game. Hey, would, fucking would. Will. Would, am, right now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna ask me what else I've been playing. Yeah. What else you've been playing? All right. Thank you. I was waiting for you to ask uh, what else I've been playing. Um. In my search for puzzle games, I did see something peculiar in in the list of puzzle games on itch.io, the gaming website for gamers. Uh, there is a, a listing called Courage, the game. Like the dog. Like the dog. Like, like the a, cowardly the, the dog? Cow, the cowardly dog. Okay. Like the, the, the famous uh, Wizard of Oz character... The Cowardly Dog. Uh, I played a very brief amount. I don't know how much of this is... I'm like 90% certain this is a fictitious, you know, quote. No, Courage the Cowardly Dog's real. (laughs) That's that's not what I mean. Um, I'm 90% certain this is a fictitious, like, quote, cursed game, unquote. I think I know which game you're talking about. You very well may. It... But it, it seems so incredibly purposeful. Um, the story is uh, this fella found some files on an old hard drive. And they happened to be like half of the files needed for a completed PS1 game. A licensed Courage the Cowardly Dog video game. Now that pitch alone sets off alarms in my head of like, oh, well, yeah, this is... This is a fun bit. Um, but the game is just so busted, it feels like it can't be not real. Like, if this was a bit, somebody would have taken this a little further. But no, the game feels so honestly like a prototype. I'd give it a look. I, it, it's it's just a, a clunky, gross-looking PS1 Courage the Cowardly Dog. I super have played this, no. And it's, it, it is... Like, oppressively spooky, too. Like, a broken-down, half-made PS1 game could be. Yeah, it feels haunted. Like, just... A, a lot of it, a lot of it is just exploring the house, and it's just completely empty. Yeah, and it... I... If this... I'm Again, I'm 90% certain this is a... a this is a fun bit. This is a, a, a cool, fun little um, uh, metafiction they're writing. Um... If so, they did a very, very, very good job of imitating near to a T 
what video games look like when they are almost entirely placeholder. Because I, again, I feel like if this were a bit, if this if this were something that you know, if they were making a, an homage to you know the the old fucking cursed game creepypastas, they would have taken it a little further. They would have they made would, a, they, they would have put a secret room in there. That's yeah, they would have made a full fucking meal out of it. You know. They would have done some pet scop shit for sure. Yeah, this feels like a real, either like a real demo or a real prototype or a prototype made for the benefit of something else. Like this is here to exist. It's almost like when they make a TV show, when they make a fake TV show to be shown in a real TV show. Um, it's like when they made the the movie trailers in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, like those uh, the those movie trailers that. Uh, the third X was in. Um, this feels like that. It feels like some Grolton and Hoverish shit. Yeah! This feels like a fake prototype made to be like a real prototype f- to be in something about a prototype. No, this is this is something that would be played on screen in a Cartoon Network original movie so that they wouldn't have to license out the rights for anything else. Yes. This, like, somebody is going to find deep within the code some, like, latent secrets to this house has people in it. No, for sure. <laughs> it's fun. I I feel like there is something deeper there. But, no, it's fun. I'm glad you found that, man. It's I, a it's a spooky ride. It really caught my eye. And that's 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 all I really play. I, I just set up my computer very recently in the move. Uh, haven't haven't done much else. Been watching TV, and that's it. Bobby, what have you been playing? So, I've been kind of all over the place lately. All of this, all this puzzle talk got me hankering for some Professor Layton. Oh, fuck yeah. So, I'm, I've been playing Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask on my hacked 3DS. Hey, you know, it's really easy to hack your 3DS. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. In fact, it's <laughs> It's imperative that you do it. The now is the time, people. <laughs> the age of pirates is upon us. <laughs> Yar har. Yar har har. Uh, so that's fun. I don't officially endorse that, by the way. Yeah, we. I mean, we, legally we can't. I'm sorry. And I do. My... I do own. Don't get me wrong. I do own the Professor Layton games because look at me. You can't look at me because this is a podcast. I can. I, I can now. I can. But I am a Professor Layton slut, you hear me? Yeah, you look like one. I'm beyond stoked for <laughs> for the new release, the new steampunk. It looks really game. fun. It look they're all so good. I love everyone. Every single one of these bad boys. And yeah, I'm I'm happy to be revisiting them. That's been the majority of what I've been playing. Oh yeah, also Ball Spell is fun. It's uh, made by Sock Pop. I was about to say, is that the the Sock Pop game? It's yeah. the Sock Pop. It's a Sock Pop Zuma like, um, which that's honestly all the pitch you need. If you like Zuma, this is Zuma except the balls have health points. Yeah, let's go. So, uh, that's fun. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, let me tell you, man. We got some good. There's good games out there, and fuck, man. System Shock remake comes out. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Holy shit. And you know, once that comes out, I'm going to fucking disappear from the face of the earth. <laughs> I'm not going to have to track you down. And I think I think that's the show. I think that's it. Yeah. Um. Thank you, everybody, uh, for hanging with us. Uh, I know our release schedule is a little uh, disparate, but um, life uh, finds, finds a, a way. way. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Life finds a way. Um, <laughs> thank you to Twinkle Park for the use of our theme song, uh, Busy Busy. It's a great little track by a great little folk. Go check them out. They got a great YouTube channel where they talk about old anime. You see the Denny's video yet? The anime Denny's ranking? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's so good. Ah, fuck. Yeah, go look at Hazel on YouTube. Uh, she's great. I know I say this a lot, but we do endeavor to put out an episode every other Thursday. Um, and now yeah, that the move's done. Yeah, now that the move's done, there's really nothing stopping me. But yeah, we try to put an episode out every other Thursday, so check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, apparently, Amazon. That's news to me. The, yeah, it's new. it was news to me, too. 
Um, yeah, or check us out. Check us out wherever uh, podcasts are sold. Um, I don't think I have. I don't have my post-it note in front of me, so I, I think that's everything. I assume so. I think that covers it. All right. Well, then, we only have one last thing to do, and that's uh, spin the itchy wheel. The wheel that makes us itch so bad. Uh, at the end of every episode, we spin a wheel filled with uh, gaming topics and subjects and genres. And whichever one that wheel lands upon, that's the type of game we'll be bringing next episode. That's right. Let's go ahead and spin that bad boy. And now you can actually look at it. Oh. So I can't. Oh, it's a wheel. It is. Yeah, it's an actual wheel. It's. I assumed you had like a random number generator or something. No, it's, no, it's a full. A it's a full fucking wheel, Bob. All right. Spin. Oh fuck. I'm, I'm not used to being on the spot like this for songs. Ooh. Yo, this could not have come at a better time. Let's go. Because we're doing physical, physical games. games. That's right. We'll be doing some physical games. What does that entail? Could be a sport. Could be. <laughs> Can you imagine next time we come? We're like, yeah, there's this little known itchio game called kickball. Yeah, I'm bring I'm bringing Foursquare. <laughs> um, we could we could be getting wet and wild next time. That's a fun little hint at the little physical game I'm working on, a little one-page TTRPG that I might bring depending on certain things that happen. Uh, but yeah, we'll be bringing physical games, which will mean pen and paper games, dice games, card games, that kind of thing. So uh do be looking forward to that. And uh, any closing wisdom, Bobby? Any closing thoughts? Anything to set the heart of the country at ease? Just love each other, man. That was really sweet. I was expecting like a, a bit, but that's that was really sweet. Hey, man, I love you. I love, I love you doing, too, man. I love you, and I love doing this show with you. Tell your friends you love them. Yeah. I've been Hunter J. Allen. And I'm Bobby McCarthy. And, and we've, we've been Two Itchy Boys. Yo, that's the first time we've ever, like, done that in person. That's it. That's, that's, I'm tingling.